Good morning, Westridge. Well, I love the way they bring us right into the presence of the Father. That's, uh, that's good stuff. So great job, guys. Thank you. It's good to be here today as we continue our According to Jim series. It's lessons we can learn from the New Testament book of James. Last week, we examined an emotion that uh, many of us have experienced at one point or another in our lives. The emotion, anger. And we looked at this passage, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Now, right after this passage, there's a beautiful picture, a visual picture about the Bible that I want to start with today. Here's what James says. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive, your, deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. So, I brought a mirror with me today. Yeah, looking good. Okay, anyway. Anyway, so, so I, we use this for all kinds of things. We look to check our hair. Perfect. Okay. Well, you check our teeth. Look at the way we dress, right? Okay, and make sure we're, we're looking good. Now, I want you to think about what the author is saying here. What would it be like to look in the mirror before leaving, and, and then you go out and you realize, you look in the mirror and you say, I've misbuttoned my shirt. Okay, you get the first button wrong, everything else goes bad, right? But you, you realize you've misbuttoned your shirt, but you go outside the room where your mirror was, and you forget that your shirt is misbuttoned. What would that be like? It wouldn't make any sense at all, would it? The simple instructions found in the New Testament book of James are designed for implementation to do what it says. So if we want an inner life full of peace and wisdom, if we want good things to flow from our lives that will benefit those we interact with relationally, there's a pathway to walk. Now, it does involve learning what God says about it. But more importantly, it involves putting into practice what we learn. So according to Jim, I believe we can see that faith is something that should be seen and not just spoken about. Ah, it just makes you smile, doesn't it? Now, I googled pictures, and I just could not find a picture of a submarine with a screen door on it. Okay, I really couldn't. But I did find some pictures of some other useless items. So I've got a couple pictures up here to show you. Okay, first of all, how about a ping pong paddle with a hole in the middle of it? Okay, that's good stuff. Okay, how about this one? (laughs) Okay, if Cyclops is around somewhere, that would be work. That would work, right? Okay, how about this one? I don't get that one at all, okay? All right, here's, here's one, here's the last one, okay? So a cup holder for your table, or you could just use this thing called a table, right? All right, so useless items. I want you to listen to what James says about faith without action. Here's what he says, in the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead, dead. It's useless. It goes back to our theme for today. Faith, I believe, should be able to be seen. So I want to begin with a couple of thoughts on faith. First of all, it is a muscle. And, faith, and, and like every muscle, faith is designed to be worked. And muscles, if not worked, begin to atrophy and grow weak. Second thing I notice about this passage, from this passage is there is a way to exercise faith that will build their muscle with strength and flexibility. And so James begins with these words in his passage we're looking at today from from James 2. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith 
save him? Now, saving faith is trusting Jesus as our Savior and our Lord, our Master. It's a faith that says, I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior because I cannot save myself. Jesus, I've seen you in action. I, I know you. I felt your love. And I want to commit to following you as my Lord. It's a relational faith. We can know him, and we can learn from him just as he knows us. And he welcomes and invites anyone to follow him, regardless of where we've been or what we've done. Any one of us. But there's nothing we can do to save ourselves. It just doesn't going to happen. Today we're going to look at how faith shows itself by the actions we do. But James is ne- never says here that our faith, our faith, our works, excuse me, our works bring us closer to the Father. It, it doesn't work that way. Now there's some religions that teach that that works, they talk about doing good works, but they talk about it, they equate it to doing, earning favor with God, that our works make us more acceptable to God. You know, I could never do enough good to earn eternal life with Jesus. I mean, it's just never going to happen. That's why I'm so grateful for grace, which is giving me something I don't deserve, I've never earned and could never earn. The works that pour from our lives, though, do show a, a love, an appreciation for what Jesus has done for us. So they do work together. That's why I want you to know it's possible, it is possible to build the muscle of faith. Uh, the works that indicate faith provide exercise that grows our faith stronger and deeper. And it stretches us. So what does James teach us? Well, there are several things I, I noticed from this passage in, in James 2. First of all, I, I learned that talk is cheap. That we're supposed to take action with our faith. So, I, I played softball for the first time in uh, about seven years on Friday night to help my son's team out. Uh, when you talk about muscles that atrophy over, over years, um, I could not walk the next day, okay? Which was yesterday, okay? And I'm, I'm just now stretching a little bit better, okay? Now, I want, you to, I want you to imagine something with me. This is a very integral item when it comes to playing softball, right? Okay, your batter's up there, you're supposed to, you're supposed to use this for, for hitting, okay? So, you come up to the plate, you're, you have a one and one count, all right? So, step up to the plate, pitcher winds up, pitch is coming toward you, and you think to yourself, man, I could hit that pitch a long way. You watch that pitch arc up toward you, and it comes down, and you watch it hit strike two. Okay, okay, I can hit this guy, no problem. He winds up, he pitches again. A beautiful pitch. Oh, man, I can drive right down the left field line. Strike three. Sit down. What's this thing for? Swing the bat, right? How many times have you watched your your team play, and you get a batter up there, and you watch the third strike go by and say, what is that thing in your hand for? Right? Swing the bat. Now, here's what we're talking about here. We're supposed to swing the bat. Works go along with faith. Yeah, I can believe anything, but if I'm not going to back it up by what I do, it doesn't matter. Let me put it like this. Suppose a man says, I love my wife. He forgets every important day. They're never present. He never shows his wife any love. There's no hand-holding when they're out in public, no kisses, no communication. In fact, he doesn't even spend any time with his wife. Now, my question is, does he love his wife? You see, James begins his discourse on faith and works by saying that talk is cheap. Anybody can say something 
I believe. But if the deeds don't back it up, that talk is empty, meaningless. I wonder, have you ever walked by someone in need? I have. Let me tell you, I was going to a service one time. I was a chaplain out of the veterans home in Mantino. I was uh, going out to service, and I was running a little late. And on my way out there, I saw a lady pull her vehicle alongside an animal that was, that was in, the, in the ditch uh, right across from a, a big warehouse in Mantino. She opened the back of her SUV and, began to, and proceeded to struggle pulling a, a crate out of the back of the, of the vehicle. And I could tell she was distraught. So you know what I did? I prayed for her as I drove past. In fact, here's what I prayed that God would send somebody to help her. I got all the way out to the service. I, I got ready to talk that day, and I, all of a sudden I realized it was like a, a shot to the heart. I just lived out the parable of the Good Samaritan, and I was a bad guy. Have you ever walked past somebody in need? Here's what James says in, in the first part of, the, of chapter 2. He says, we can say to someone in need, hey, I hope you get the help and food you need. But if we don't do anything to help them, we're not living out our faith. See, the best way to, to build the muscle of faith is to show up. Don't talk about what we'd like to do or, or wish someone would help somebody else. Do something to make a difference. One of our church planters had a fire in his house two weeks ago in Crystal Lake. He and his wife got out of the house with just the clothes they were wearing. That is it. And in the process now trying to figure out what to do next. But my, my buddy Dave, he told me, he said, I am, I am being surprised every day by people who have shown up with gifts, with gift cards, with cash, just saying they want to help us. And my response to Dave was, well, listen, buddy, you have shown up for many people through the years, and now you have a chance to receive some. So receive. See, anyone can say they care. The rubber meets the road when we show up and we step in to help, though. Actions speak much louder than words. We know this is true. And when it comes to building the muscle of faith, our actions are going to pump it up and get us stronger. Now, the second thing I see is that trusting is hard. But even when it's hard to trust, we need to launch anyway. For my 60th birthday, this year my wife bought me this experience. You are going skydiving. I wonder if she's trying to tell me something, huh? Okay. My, one, my one son tried to talk Darla out of it. And, but she said, your dad has, it really wants to do it. He has talked about doing it for years. I want to give him the experience. Now, I have talked about it. But I realize this goes back to the point of today. You know, talk is cheap, Right? Talk is cheap. So I said I want to do it. Now I'm going to have the opportunity to choose whether I want to launch or not, right? Now, what I find is interesting, this has a five-year time to, uh, to experience it on it. So I can wait till March 11th of 2024 to make up my mind, okay? <laughs> no, no. I, my plans are to do this in August. Uh, we, I, we have a wedding coming up next weekend. My son is getting married. And my future daughter-in-law made me promise that I wasn't going to jump till after the wedding. Because I'm, I'm a little important too because I'm, I'm officiating, okay? So yes, you want me to be around, okay? But the thing is, I can hold on to that voucher and do nothing with it if I want to. I can talk about skydiving and how beautiful it feels to, to launch out there. But if I don't do it, 
It's simply talk. See, when it comes to putting our faith in action, there's always going to come that point when we decide whether we step or play it safe, right? I remember a call, a phone call I received February 2000. On the line was Darren's dad, who was the executive director of what is now Ignite Church Planting. He had one question for me that night. Are you ready to leave the church you've pastored for 19 years and come join us full-time in church planting? I knew the question had been coming. I, I did. But I still wasn't quite ready for it. It was scary. Uh, moving from what I knew to uncharted territory. Uh, moving uh, from where I was very comfortable and things were going well into a place where I didn't know if I could do the job or not. I didn't know if I'd be successful or not. So what do you do when you, when you reach those, I, I call them uh, intersection moments or crossroads moments? What happens when you come to that crossroad? What do you do? These moments always bring anxiety. They always bring a little fear, uh, a little dry mouth, an anticipation. Of what, what will others think if I do something like this? But also, when we take the step, these are those moments that build that muscle of faith like nothing else can, where we have to rely on God coming through for us. Now, here's what I know. I've learned this through 38 years of doing ministry. God comes through. Okay? Yeah, if I say that, God comes through, he always, always. Even when we don't understand everything, even when things don't work out exactly like we plan them to, Father always comes through. So we can launch. And that leads to the third thing I want to talk about. Danger is real. But even when it's dangerous, we need to risk to reach. I want you to look at this quote from Charles Lindbergh. What kind of man would live where there is no daring? I don't believe in taking foolish chances, but nothing can be accomplished if we don't take any chances at all. See, James uses another story in this passage which, which caused them uh, about faith being taken into action. The, the story is about Rahab. Her story is found in the Old Testament book of Joshua. She was a prostitute. She lived in the city of Jericho. And this was the first uh, city that the Israelites chose to defeat after entering the promised land. Joshua had taken over from Moses, who'd been dead now. He sent two guys into the land to, to scope it out, to get ready as they were getting ready for battle. So they entered Rahab's house and that's when somebody told the king of the city what had happened. Hey, we've got infiltrators who are coming to look this over. We, we've heard about this massive people group coming. We're afraid. Now we've got these guys in the city. So the king sent for Rahab. He said, listen, turn the men over to me. I want to kill them. She decided to take action, though. See, she had heard about the God of Israel. She, she was not a God follower at that point in time. She'd heard about him, though. And so she told the king, hey, the men have left town already. And then she hid him in the house. So when the soldiers came to look for the men, they couldn't find him. And the, pri the, the spies promised her safety when the city would be defeated. And long story short, Rahab, who was not an Israelite, became the great-grandmother of King David. Right in David's line, which is also the line that Jesus came from. You see what God can do when people are willing to take a risk? Even when it looks dangerous. She showed her trust by what she did. I have some friends 
excellent musicians. They wanted to use their gifts to reach people who were far away from God. And they talked to me about it and asked if, if I'd be willing to help them. And I just asked them what their plan is. They said, well, we want to go to a bar and play Christian rock. I said, okay. So they stepped into a bar in Romeoville and began to reach people playing Christian rock, which brought light into darkness. I watched them. I celebrated with them. I sang along with them. I did some ministry together with them. It was good. Now, was it risky? Absolutely. Absolutely. But they did it because they wanted to reach out to people and show them Jesus with flesh on. You know, there's always an element of risk when we reach out. Always. Rahab risked when she reached out to the spies. Anytime we put our, our faith into action and trying to reach others, it's going to be a little risky. You know, we had two teams from Westridge go down to Nicaragua. They were there, been there the past two weeks. Now, my question is, why in the world would people disrupt their lives and go to help others by doing a variety of back-breaking tasks for a week? The reality I see is that people wanted to show Jesus to others by what they did. They put their faith into action. And I got two words. Well done. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, let your light shine before men. They may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. I'll tell you what, guys, I want to point people to Jesus because I want, to find, I want them to find the hope that only he can bring. And when our faith is able to be seen by others by what we do, we're going to have the opportunity to point our friends and family members to the only one who will bring light and hope. And that's why we do what we do. So what do we do with this? Well, as I close, I thought I'd bring out something that might be a little familiar to some in the audience today. Huh? Okay, good old vinyl, right? I, let, me, uh, let me draw your memories back. Remember when, uh, when the needle would get stuck in one of the grooves here? You know, and just play this, and just go over and over again. So what do, you do, what do you do to move the needle? You bump it, right? You just bump the needle, and go to, it goes to the next groove and, and fill it in. Now, here's the deal. I recognize at times when, we, when we've tried to do good for others and so forth, people just don't appreciate it. And maybe people have said things. And maybe people have done things just to, to show their lack of appreciation. Or it just didn't work out like we thought it would. And it can cause us to get stuck. Well, you know when that happens? We need to bump the needle. Because our faith should be able to be seen by what we do. So here's what I'm going to give you a couple of ideas on how you might bump the needle this next week. With a couple of ideas. First of all, works of faith. They flow from our inner reservoir. So we need to continue to fill the reservoir. Our faith is relational, and so I think we need to spend time with the one who will fill us up. So my encouragement is to continue to spend time with Jesus. And if you want to do this, follow along. I'm reading through the book of Proverbs this, week, this month, 31 chapters in the 31 days of July. So next week will be chapter 14 through chapter 20. Read a chapter a day. And just get the, get the words of wisdom from the wisest man who ever lived, King Solomon. And then do it this way, just read for five minutes, think about what you've read for five minutes, and then talk to God about putting it into practice, something, put it into practice for five minutes. 
Just see what difference that makes. It just it fills my reservoir every day. Now, second thing, determine to show who you belong to by what you say and do. I used to tell my boys when they'd leave the house, okay, when I'd go out with friends or whatever, I said, hey, remember who you belong to. You know, one, you wear the name of Christian, but two, you wear the name Hurley. Remember that. Now, see, when it, when it comes to showing who we belong to, it's not a matter of putting a, wearing a cross around our neck or putting a fish on our car. It's our actions. Our actions speak so much louder than our words do. So we have to determine to live out our faith. I want to do that this week. So here, here's, my, here's my encouragement. Don't only think about putting things into action. My encouragement is that you find something to do this next week that will show who you belong to, to those, those you interact with. Look for needs around you. I mean, it just may be as simple as listening to somebody who has a need to, to, be, to talk. It, it could be giving somebody a smile who looks down. could be saying thank you to somebody. I, I told the told friends, I thanked my garbage man the other day for taking up my garbage. And he just lit up. He said, thank you so much, sir. Have a great day. I said, you have a great day too. Hey, it's little things. It's a lot of little things that have a big difference and it helps us bump the needle. I want to close with a picture I took a couple springs ago. This is from a factory outside of uh, outside of the Mantino where we used to live. And, and while this is probably good advice for a factory, it's terrible advice for those who, of us who follow Jesus. Because I think we're designed to take risks. And, and in, black, in fact, I, I believe that it's, if we don't risk... We will have all kinds of regrets. So my, my encouragement is to do something this week to show who you belong to. Don't be left with those, oh, if, if only, or, or what if. No, no, no. Let's risk to reach. Let's live out our faith. Let our actions show Jesus, show who we belong to. Because it's a sure way to invigorate us and pump up that muscle of faith we all have. Hey, love it. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for loving us the way you do. And I thank you for these opportunities you put in front of us each and every day to have an impact on others. And I just pray, Father, you help us to open our eyes in the week ahead. Help us open our eyes to these, these people, these situations you bring our way where we can just step in and, hey, we show who we belong to. I know when we, when we step in to show, we'll also have an opportunity to speak at some point in time. Thank you for Jesus. Jesus, thank you for being our Savior. It's in your name we pray. Amen.